You can listen to The Professional Left on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There's a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for October 17th, 2014. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from just outside Critical Care, for real, it's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. Yeah, we just got back from critical care slash they almost sent you to the ER. Yeah. But they didn't. For scaring the hell out of my family. I'm I'm fine. And I don't mind telling people that broccoli was stuck in your uh not windpipe, but esophagus. Yes. Something managed to lodge itself where it shouldn't be. Yeah. I, I scared the hell out of the, uh, my stepkids and mm-hmm. scared the hell out of my wife. And, mm-hmm. I, and I went into pure guy mode. I'll be fine. Yeah. No, I'll you won't. I'll be fine. <laughs> uh, and, and meanwhile, Blue Gal, call him, call him the hospital. Check him the hours. Okay, let's get him over there. Arranging for people to come over and sit with the kids. Arranging for all the all the stuff that she's just calmly going about her business of essentially saving my life. Yeah. And I'm saying, I'm fine. Try, trying to pray, but sort of not. Sort of just yeah. expecting, okay, you t- that part, you take it from here, God. I'm going to yeah. call the yeah. critical care people and make sure someone's over here with the kids and that's it. And We're kind of wiped out and tired. Yeah. And, and this happened, of course. During this, the time that we were going to record podcasts tonight. Well, it, it also happened during time middle child suddenly needed um, the Gutenberg Bible printed in color by tomorrow on yeah. a computer that doesn't print in color or is it attached to the printer. Right. And on and on and on. And there, there's just a whole bunch of... I like that, the Gutenberg Bible. She yeah, really was. did need the Gutenberg Bible printed. It's true. I, I sized it. It took so, up that much space on the laptop. <laughs> I sized it so each page is the size of a scale, a one-to-one scale map of Illinois. Suffice it to say, she was trying to print poster size detailed... Yeah. Uh, congressional maps of yeah <laughs> for homework that's due in the morning uh-huh. and there were a number of technical problems a number of personnel problems shall yeah. we say uh. after a very long day already yep and then suddenly i decided my my uh my body decided i didn't want to have that piece of food and it was just going to stop the elevator between floors yeah and uh that didn't end well so uh and you know actually i probably shouldn't have made fun of harlan ellison having a stroke no, you that shouldn't was, have. No, I didn't. I swear I didn't. By the way, yes, Harlan Ellison, uh, one of the greatest American living writers, mm-hmm. uh, had a stroke. Um, it was reported. Uh, actually, I, his wife came over to my site. Uh, Harlan is a friend of my blog and has been a personally um, very kind to me and very supportive. Mm-hmm. And I hope vice versa. Um, I, I was able to uh, chat with him and I had wonderful conversations with him. Uh, over the phone. But I, his, I believe it was his wife showed up in my comment section to tell me very discreetly that he'd had a stroke. And then Patton Oswald Tweeted. Who, tweeted. Tweeted. Yeah. <laughs> Which was, where's the effect of, I'm, I'm with Harlan now. He says, I have to do fucking physical therapy for my arm. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that he can kvetch yeah. means everything's going to be okay. And and he has this uh, wife who basically keeps him alive. Um, really? To, really, truly. And they've been married How for... How does that a, happen? That, they've been married a, a good long time, uh, and they are a, a couple. They're a true couple. Mm-hmm. But she really does keep him from throwing himself in traffic or doing silly and shit. he admits or, that. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He does. Absolutely. So both Harlan and I have that in common, too. We both married well above ourselves. And... Uh, 
and for which we are profoundly grateful. So, we're, like I said, we're both a little uh, tired. Uh, I still have my little wrist thing on, which tells you all this cool information about me that I'm never going to tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, but over a beer, I might show it to you. And uh, the it's question is now. That they could scan with their phones and find yes. out even more about Damn you. it. Damn that NSA. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have, this is regular podcast time, but we're a little bit um, out. off balance and a little bit wiped out. So, And we might just cut off when we run out of energy. Yeah. We love you guys. Let me say that. Yeah. I want to do a shout out to Andy. Yeah. Andy is our friend from Britain, yeah. and he used to be flat on his back with terrible back pain. And National Health Insurance found a way to provide surgery and within the past month, he has run a marathon in under five hours. Yeah, yeah. And that's awesome. And that's five hours um, faster than I've ever. Well, I've never run a marathon. <laughs> I've never even tried to run a marathon. No, me neither. Me but yeah. Thank you, healthcare. Thank you, health Ax- insurance. And that's what we were thinking tonight. We we're very yeah. grateful that we have health insurance. Boy, oh boy. And uh, I did have a few laughs after we got you. First of all. A whole bunch of guys ran out when the when this receptionist called back and said, "We got a guy out here who's got something lodged in his throat." Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. all of a sudden, there are three three hundred pound guys swinging open the door to come yeah. out and see what they can do for you. How you, you doing? Uh, you yeah. stand up and you say, "Hey, how are you?" It's like, oh, okay. oh, it's not as bad as we. It's not your windpipe, I see. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not. Uh, and uh, but she and I, once we kind of got knew you were going to be cared for. Uh-huh. She said, you know, I've been getting calls about Ebola all yeah. day. And yeah. I went, Christ on a crutch. Yeah, of course she has. Of course she has. <laughs> you know where the Ebola hotline is? Yeah. My my 12-year-old just threw up. Yeah, that's probably that 24-hour Ebola. No, whatever. I, I said, you know, through two years ago it was Ugg Boots. Yeah. And now it's Ebola. Yeah. It's they read it on the Twitter and everybody's got to have it. So well, it, was, it was avian flu and, and swine flu and, and baby in a well and <laughs> Chanel number five. Back, yeah. I think this was the Ford or Carter administration was Legionnaires disease going to yeah. kill us all. You know that this week is the anniversary, like the twenty fifth anniversary of the baby in the well. Really? Is, yeah. That, does that baby grow up in the well? Is it no, still No, no. Lo- still lodged like a piece of broccoli in like the well. Like a piece of broccoli, damn it. Oh, see, I see what you did there. That was very clever. That was very good. All right. Uh, but I did want to get the ball rolling on the politics here. And I, I'm getting to the point where, and you, we can talk about this. Let me just say, we played pinochle, you and me, and our insurance in the yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and we were deeply comforted by the fact yeah. that we could just walk in. Yep. And, and lay down a card and, and have it work. Done. Have yep. it done. Pay the copay and you're done. Yeah. You have, it, is, it, it is an enormous relief. Mm-hmm. Um, and having. Thanks, been, Obama. I mean thanks it. Thanks, Obama. Seriously. Thanks. And, you know, you had my vote anyway. You're not on yeah. the ballot. But the 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 if you're if you're ever on both sides of this divide. Mm-hmm. If you're ever on the on the raggedy side, mm-hmm. if you're ever poor, mm-hmm. um, or if you're ever without, if you're mm-hmm. ever hungry, um, which we're not, but we've no, but I, re- you know, I was thinking about this laptop that I'm recording from, mm-hmm. and realizing if this was a car, you couldn't drive it to work. Yeah, <laughs> the way we the the slowness of this laptop tonight, mm-hmm. just booting it up was bad. So now backwards from a thousand. Yeah, uh-huh. it's bad. I kept counting. But, yeah. but when you when you have Find when you find yourself or have found yourself on the other side of that, mm-hmm. if you ever get clear of it, 
and things start to look better. And you can you, breathe. Yeah. You, you owe it to yourself to remember what it was like. Yeah. And not to forget the panic of and, and the the dread of opening a bill. Yep. Um, because it's easy to forget, man. Once that pain is gone, once that tooth is pulled, once that yeah. piece of broccoli is dislodged from your throat, yep. um, it's easy to forget that that's mm -hmm. that there are millions and millions of people out there, your fellow Americans, your fellow citizens, who are going through that every goddamn day, and they mm -hmm. don't need to be. That's a decision. That's a decision someone is making. That's a decision. A rich conscious like decision. Rich Scott make absolutely, mm -hmm. and we were were spared that additional right. t terror. Well, and, and I think the people that are making those decisions, some of them aren't even aware they're doing it. Um, I was thinking about Chuck Todd this week and ah. his practically endorsing with his behavior yeah. uh, Mitch McConnell. Yeah. I mean, he's just essentially in the tank. And I, you know, I feel like such a teabagger when I talk this way. Like, there's a conspiracy and it's the mainstream media out to maintain the current power structure and i feel like i'm going to go from there into false flag you know just like yeah. Kim trails. Kim trails. Kim trails. <laughs> but you know chuck todd what chuck todd wants out of this election is continued access to power yeah yeah and the easiest way for him to get that is to keep his rolodex in congress the Absolutely. people that are in his rolodex in congress yeah. and that's it that is the motivation that it doesn't have to do with truth. It doesn't have to do with what's good for the country. It doesn't have to do with what's good for average Americans versus wealthy people or anything. It has nothing to do with any of that. No. He is a totally morally neutral substance. Right. And people and people like him. I don't mean to just single out Chuck Todd because everybody at CNN is like this. And uh, there are plenty of people at NBC that are like this. And the only people that can afford not to be like this are on the comedy channels. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The only people who can... And, and Rolling Stone magazine. It. People... Well, and, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the occasional writer at Esquire... Yeah, yeah, ...who has that job for life and deserves it. Well, Charlie and, Pierce, yeah. And yeah. some dirty little bloggers, some dirty, yeah. dirty liberal and, bloggers. And some dirty hippie columnists, yep. Yeah. But that's yep. it. And it is this... It is this disaster that's happening right in front of us every day. And... And, and I, I do... Driftglass, I do get it. Uh-huh. If a certain number of congressmen don't return Paul Krugman's call, <laughs> he's, he's not going to miss a meal. He's, he's going to go off and type a column about something else. Right. If some, if a group of congressmen don't return Chuck Todd's calls, he's dead. He's in big trouble. He's dead. He has no job. So he has to have, you know, he has to bend over for that power structure yeah. if he wants to keep this stupid job he's got. But I really do wonder. What happens when they retire, when they go home, when they when they look in the mirror at night and in the morning, whether they ever think about what do I want to be remembered for? I've been thinking a lot about that. What do I not that I'm going to die tomorrow or anything like that, but what do I want to be remembered for in my life? Yeah, because we're all here for, you know, as long as we're here for. Mm -hmm. And and then the broccoli comes for you. And the broccoli comes <laughs> and gets you. Yeah. Uh, no, but life is fragile and, uh, from that perspective. And so what do I want to be remembered for? Hopefully I want to be remembered for telling the truth, loving yeah. my family, yeah. giving as much as I can all the time. That is really important. That is a very important value to me. And leaving the world in a somewhat better condition or at least no worse. L knowing that I did everything I could. Yeah. yeah. That was a win your power. That's the important part yeah. of me. So... I don't, I don't know how some folks do it. 
there's this ongoing rolling catastrophe happening in our country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's happening almost every day, almost on camera. Mm-hmm. And it's a big story. This is something I, I, um, I talked about when uh, um, the dean of the Washington Press Corps passed away. Why can't I think of his name? My trooper to Falmouth blogger of the, yes. left, of the left. Yes. <laughs> uh, the dean. Yeah. Hold on a minute. You can't think of it because you're as fried as I am. I know. <laughs> I wrote an obituary for him. David fucking Broder. You got to have it right. I wrote an obituary for him. I reported on the essential tragedy of, of um, David Broder in that the greatest story of his career was happening right in front of him and he didn't have the balls to report on it. Mm-hmm. The greatest story in political reporting now is not Alison Lundgren Grimes won't say who she voted for or that there was a fan under Charlie Christ's podium. <laughs> yes. That is not the great, the greatest. And the ongoing... greatest story is not that the Pope acknowledged gay people this no. week. That, even that's not the most important. Oh, that's story. a really good story. It's a really big story. The, the biggest, most important story is the, is the, is the destruction of the Republican party, the, the mm-hmm. madness into which it has descended on purpose and which it evidences by thrashing around, screaming, vomiting crazy in every direction every day. Mm-hmm. And that's one part of the story. The other part of the story is the sheer amount of energy that our media devotes to not noticing that very conspicuously, never talking about it, even though it's happening right behind them. It's this lunatic. It's like, it's like a weather report. Mm-hmm. You're, st- you know, an on the street weather report, you're trying to report, uh, you know, it's uh, 38 and cloudy here, Chuck. And, and there's a guy behind you setting his hair on fire, shitting himself, pounding strangers in the face with a hammer and shrieking obscenities. And you're not going to even mention it. Mm hmm. I, because he's your brother-in-law because you're being paid. Cause that's a really big thing happening right there in front of you. And, you start to notice. Uh, last week, I had talked about the the view from nowhere. That Michael Gerson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This week, it was Tom Brokaw and Chuck Todd. And, and we're shocked by this. It was no, it not. was terribly shocking. Chuck Todd wanted to hold the media, quote unquote, trademark Drift Glass, two thousand fifteen, accountable uh, for the a lot of the false panic that was going on in these here United States mm-hmm. uh, over the Ebola. Yeah, you know, and uh, and and so he he wanted to let everyone know that. The media's gone right in, says Chuck Todd, because Chuck Todd says big, important things like that. Um, and Tom Brokaw helpfully came in with, there's a great awareness now in this country because there's a lot of information, a lot of panic that is being stoked by a concentration of a portion of the mass media. No, by Fox News. Yeah, yeah. Not a concentration of a portion of the media, not some people in the media. By Roger Ailes, Passel of Call Girls. It's that simple. It's they're like right across the street from yeah, you. Yeah. It's an identifiable geographic political location. You can go there. You can bring your camera. And at some point, this was years ago, I started to notice how enormous amounts of energy is devoted because I'm a writer. And you know, you write what's in front of you, you describe what's happening. And there's this big scary thing happening, and and all of the adjectives are being used in the media to avoid talking about the big scary thing. And it's go- been going on for years, and it's really freaky. I mean, it's it's conspicuous and it's funny, but it's also deeply terrifying. Because if you put a gun to Chuck Todd's head and said, Tell me who actually is responsible for spreading Ebola panic in this country. I don't know if he would have the balls to tell you the truth. I don't think he's capable of telling you the truth. It's in his contract. I, I don't know if he wears like a, a, a remote controlled detonator that they blow up at Fox News if he speaks aloud. But 
I think he's just he and the rest of them have internalized to the point that if if I if I you know if I talk about Fox I, I spend a night in the box you know if I, if I mention Roger Ailes I get fired so they've been trained never mention the fact that one side of the political aisle is fucking insane. There's this other article um, in Esquire, long article. I won't bore you with it now, but uh, I wrote a post about it entitled, no, that's not it, <laughs> uh, Sowing the Wind, Bitching About the Whirlwind, which is a long, it's, a, it's this long article in Esquire. It's very good, but it's it mentions um, two of our favorite congressmen, Aaron Schock and oh, uh, Adam Kinzinger. Kinzinger, yeah. Both of them who are from right around here. And they both decry the fact that the system is so screwed up. Like every other Republican. <laughs> um, but when when pressed, um, Aaron Schock will say, but my base of my district is so far to the left or to the right. But whether you're the most conservative member or the most liberal member, every single fucking Republican is crying in their beer in this article. These are all the reasonable Republicans. And this guy interviewed 90 members of Congress, a third of the Senate and whatever the number is that makes up the rest of that number for, for the House of Representatives. Some of them were anonymous. Some of them were not. Right down the line, every single goddamn Republican um, decried the fact the system had been so corrupted, was so destructive. Um, they all hate Ted Cruz, which is, I guess is kind of refreshing. But every single one of them wanted to blame everybody but the Republican Party. They couldn't do it. They, they complained about the effect of the Republican Party. They talked in, in sometimes brutally honest terms about the fact that there's this abuse of power and there's you know, filibustering and so on and so forth. But it was always, yeah, but, but Harry Reid's worse. But the president is worse. You know, uh, uh, Orrin Hatch talking about the reason the Senate is so fucked up is because Harry Reid is taking orders from the most politically destructive president in history. Yeah. Orrin Hatch. Yeah. 80-year-old crazy-ass Orrin Hatch. Mm -hmm who should have been gone years ago. and But it, it goes right down to the bone. They can't admit this. And and the thing is, the anonymous portions of the interview are Republicans acknowledge exactly how the process works that forces them to become crazy. They, they admit, look, if I take a reasoned position, I'll get primaried. You know, there's a $3 million Koch brothers check with my name on it if I don't sit in front of an audience and call Barack Obama a Muslim usurper alien. Mm -hmm. If I do that, I get applauded in my district. If I do anything other than that, I'm gone. Well, and the answer is, so fucking get another job. If, if you hate the system so much, if the system is that broken, take a stand, you coward. Stand up and say, you know what? My party is the problem. But they don't do that. They rationalize to themselves that somehow over there on the left, and if you read the article with your special drift glass glasses on... <laughs> Are those the ones that have Fox News on one side and the Confederate flag on the no, other? Or these are the, the ones that actually let you see the truth? That's the other, other, <laughs> other one. You start to notice very quickly what you notice pretty much everywhere else you read, um, which is that Adam Kinzinger can name the right-wing groups that are the problem. Uh, the Club for Growth and Heritage Action, Freedom Works are, are awful. And uh, and then he ends that sentence, and he says, "Yeah, they're awful. They fund they fund the crazy. They make things awful. Uh, they'll 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 stir the base up. They'll turn them against you. Blah 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 blah." And then he ends with, "And they do the same thing on the Democrats." Side. You know, <laughs> if Democrats want to reach out and name work for one, name one, name, name one fucking one. group that has the kind of power and the reach. Club for Growth has to primary. And this is, you know, and I'm sitting here going, are we talking about the same Barack Obama who spent six years practically begging to compromise away my liberal values just to get something done? 
But no, we're going to film about Star Wars. He did compromise a way. He did. But his whole makeup was go to the middle of the field. And if they move the goalpost, keep moving to the right. And they, and, and, but Adam Kinzinger, who will be reelected, says if Democrats want to reach out and work with Republicans, you have these groups that will stir the base. Nobody can name who these groups are. Nobody can name who the, what the crazy liberal policies are. You know, are we going to have, UN gun seizure Tuesdays now, mm-hmm. abortions in every school. I mean, what exactly? All the banks. <laughs> yeah, what exactly are those crazy liberal policies that are just as crazy in the opposite way as the Koch brothers' policy? And there aren't any. Nope. This is uh, and this is such an easy story to tell if you're a real reporter, because just ask him, name one, name some. You're 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 apparently an expert on the subject. Name for me the liberal groups that are as powerful and as destructive and as dogmatic and as well-funded as the Club for Growth and Heritage Action and Crossroads. And tell me what their agenda is that is just as nutty and destructive and uncompromising as the Koch brothers. And they can't because it's a lie. And that's mm-hmm. the thing. Any reporter could could dig this out with two more questions. <clears throat> but you never ask those two more questions because you don't really want to hear the answer. Just, uh, <clears throat> I'm coughing a little bit and I'm a little worried about you because well, um, we've had a rough night. And <laughs> my throat's a little dry. Your throat, his throat's a little dry because he had food stuck in it and they gave him a box. shot and And stuff. I've been up on a soapbox. For, so, so we're going to stop water. that. No, we're going to stop now because it's 26 minutes in, 27 minutes in. And we've said a lot tonight. We've said more than we intended to say. <laughs> you want to talk about the Pope and vasectomies? No. I. The, no. Only thing I, the only question I have about the Pope is is who's the cafeteria Catholics now, huh? Yeah, yeah exactly. Because yeah. uh, that, you know, you're going to have to pick and choose <laughs> what you like about Catholicism. Now the Pope's a raging liberal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay, that's pretty much. That's all we have for this. All we have because we're kind of exhausted. <clears throat> and we love yeah. you guys. We really do. do. And I love, love out to Bobby, mm-hmm. by the way, who sent the kids some legos that are just amazing yeah she yeah. she's an amazing lady and very generous and she sent these boxes of like legos that make mars robots yeah. <laughs> and i mean it's, it's so perfect so thank you for saying the kids really appreciate it and like what what else are podcast listeners gonna send yeah. you huh listeners are the best listeners ever the podcast now <laughs> Mom, don't forget, you got to do the podcast this week. It might get us some more Mars Rovers Lego set. We just got back. I don't care. I don't care about that. No, actually, we really did have a a conversation before this podcast about doing it at all. Well, because I was crying because I almost I felt like I almost lost you. And I was feeling really bad about then having the podcast hanging over us and as a as a task. And then you and I realized that we just wanted to talk to our friends about what happened and so that's what we're doing. <laughs> so I, and then, I that that makes it better. when you frame it that way. It's like, "Oh, okay. Yeah. Framing is what I do, baby." <laughs> I do. And 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 the idea that and we we hear back from lots of people. We hear emails and we we hear through other devious means that a lot of you really kind of look forward to listening to this. Yeah. You set aside a little time every week and it's it's a little something that makes you feel better, takes a, a little bit of weight off your chest, lets it breathe a little easier. It lets you hear people talking about stuff that, that's going on in your head too. Mm-hmm. You're not hearing anyplace else. And, and part of it is, if I had that to look forward to every week, mm-hmm. I'd be really disappointed and let down if it suddenly wasn't there. Yeah, well, and we don't want to let anybody down, but we also don't want to 
crawl home from the emergency room yeah. and feel like we have to. Exactly. And we no one we know no one out there expects that of us. No, not but at all. I did schedule my colonoscopy for next Monday. <laughs> just so. Just, just, just so you know, so. just around the podcast. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, if I do it Monday, we can still do podcasts on Friday, right? That works. And yeah. then, and you know what? Here's the thing about colonoscopies. Yeah. Very podcastable. <laughs> That's solid well, gold, you know, baby. Stephen Colbert did his, and there were kittens that came That's out. Right. Well, you know, I can't <laughs> promise I can get John Lithgow. I don't think we're gonna have John Lithgow pulling kittens, but you know what? Uh, they tell me that they're going to blow hot air up into my colon. And I said, wow, just like Joe Scarborough. Yeah. yeah. I'm, go I'm coming in for a Scarborough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, you're here That's for a Scarborough. Scarborough. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be some discomfort and numbness, and you won't remember much. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's that's exactly what his show's like every Morning day. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Morning Joe. Okay. All hey. right, boys and girls, thank you very much. Yep. We're each gonna, week, each week we post to our Facebook page and website at least one Internet Kitty sending by you, the listeners. This week we have three Internet Kitties. They are Louie, Freddie, and Maneater. Ooh. And the reason she's named Maneater is she was uh, a little bit of a biter when she first came into the to the house to live with them. And so um, the person that brought uh, Maneater into her house uh, wrote a song. Do you want to hear it? And I helped him finish it. Sure. Want to hear it? Yeah, absolutely. Maneater, Maneater, eat me a man. Gobble him up fast as you can. <laughs> Maneater, Maneater, leave not a trace of teeth, hair, or eyes, hips, knees, or thighs. Wow. For, and this is the part that I wrote, because he said, uh -huh. I, I realized I was serenading a cat, and yeah. I probably shouldn't do that. And I went, oh, come on. Please. <laughs> you Please. know how much serenading we do? We have a whole song for Barack Hussein. We'll have to sing that some other time. Mm -hmm. But continuing that song, I said... For Louie, send in a haddock. For Freddie, <laughs> make him a salmon ring. For me, well, I wouldn't holler if you wrote some more song. And then, <laughs> just sing. <laughs> and and then I, said, to... I said to Richard, who, who is provides a home for these three cats, uh -huh. believe me, they know you are singing about them. Yes. Because who else? Exactly. <laughs> All songs are about cats. All songs are about cats. Just ask any cat. We were going to open the show with recorded live from the Staten Island Congressional School of Charm. Yeah. And we didn't get a chance to do Learning that. Learning to arrest, no conviction. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> 20 indictments, no conviction. I got hey. my day in court. Hey. I'm, like, I'm like a fucking saint over here. <laughs> I got reelected three times before those indictments were closed. That's right. I'm serving two years or three to five. Hey, hey, <laughs> depending, just depending. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to American politics. Get out it's, the vote, uh, people. Although yeah. in Staten Island, apparently they like that sort of thing. So yeah. he's tough. He's going to fight for us. Yeah. Right. And I don't care if I'm if I'm choking on a piece of uh, broccoli or or cauliflower <laughs> before I will go out and vote. Yes, that's true. I, I don't Beware. care. I, you know, we're, we're serious. There was a period of, in my life when I didn't vote. I just, I, I turned my nose up at it. I, really? I, yeah, for about one election cycle. <laughs> I, in my I hope it wasn't that election cycle. No, no it was, well, uh, John Anderson, and then yeah. he didn't win, and then politics was not. Dead to it was, me. It was too, it was too impure for my delicate yeah. sensibilities. Okay. And then I looked around and said, oh, Jesus. Oh, oh, okay. 
Uh, maybe we should, maybe if we apply sufficient pressure, we can get rid of some of the absolutely crazy shit that, that rushed in behind Ronald Reagan. And I'm, and we're still pushing on that rock today. Pushing on that rock, yeah. So no, I, I, I vote, I vote in every election I can. Um, it makes a difference. Down ticket races, it makes a huge difference. Down ticket races are the bench for the future. Um, and, uh, I, I, I cannot stress enough how important it is that you get out and vote. Um, we had a couple of pollsters by here uh this last weekend uh people out doing the shoe leather thing in teams yeah and uh they they were they were polling for candidates i support i said i don't talk about who i'm going to vote for with people at my front door but i hope you guys do really well and i thank them because getting out and burning shoe leather going door to door talking to your neighbors about politics is about as purely wonderfully democratic as you can get mm-hmm. And they were out doing it. They were very polite. They didn't want to intrude. They just wanted to talk to their neighbors about something they thought was important. And I just I can't say enough about that kind of uh, grassroots democracy. Okay, so the the candidate that you're handing out brochure for, how many indictments does he got? Uh, almost none. <laughs> almost. Oh, and you know zero. what? I have a nice I have a nice story about Andy Menard to share. Really? The Democratic state senator who's suffering under all those stupid, stupid attack ads. Okay, you'll have to be more specific Andy Menard was behind a bill that ended, in the state of Illinois, ended police ticket quotas. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. And he did it in part to fix one of the problems that police have with the whole driving while black thing going uh-huh. on. Uh-huh. Pat Quinn signed it. It passed and Pat Quinn signed it. They prohibited... Police ticket quotas from being uh, set by law enforcement agencies in the state of Illinois. You can't well, have that. That's awesome. And that is such an awesome, you know, small thing that will make a huge difference for yep. people, for drivers in the state to not yep. feel, and for police as well. Yeah, do not. To actually be able to do their job of law enforcement without feeling like they have to go out and write so many tickets every week or every month. Yeah. Um the, the new law will improve safety and working conditions for police officers and prevent motorists from facing unnecessary anxiety when they encounter a police vehicle. Yeah, that's what you want on the yeah, road. So a little bit, a little, uh, just a little improvement, making life a little bit better. Yep. And he, and what, Andy Menard was one of the leading voices behind that bill, and I'm proud of him for that. So it sometimes like legislators can actually decide to do something and make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's almost like there's something stuck in their throat. It's almost like doesn't, doesn't even, let... it's almost like being a Democrat and passing a law that makes common sense, and then having a Democratic governor who's going to go ahead and sign it actually does something. Yeah, you know, it I actually got something done and solved a problem. I, I, wow, I am principally uh, a principle against one-party states. I saw what the Republicans did when they ran the state for you know 24 years. I I saw what. Um, the Democrats did in Chicago with virtual um, unopposed rule. Um, but you know what? Until the fever breaks yeah. and um, the GOP becomes a sane and sensible uh, partner of the loyal opposition, um, sorry, this is what we have. These are, these are the choices we have. And I would much rather have my Democratic legislature uh, with my Democratic Andy Menar and my Democratic governor passing things that – make sense and are fiscally sensible. Nobody's talking about blowing you know, skajillions of dollars on silly things anymore. Everyone's talking about getting the state's finances in line. But I'd much rather have that mm-hmm. than be a breeding ground, be, you know, have my state turn into Florida or Texas. 
because uh, that, that's what happens. You, you put a if you put a Republican legislature in 30 years ago, it was very different. Mm-hmm. But if you start installing Alec driven, uh, exactly. owned, yep. Yep. Um, what Charlie Pierce calls Scott Walker, I think, manage the guy who manages the Koch brothers Midwestern subsidiary formerly known as Wisconsin. <laughs> Yes. And that's what he does. That's I pretty. Mean, that's so, pretty too. That's a little too close to the truth. To it be, is. Uh, it is. Every state, I think, but one. I think all but one. But I'm not sure about that. It might be every every state that passed draconian, insane voter registration restrictions to keep black people from voting. Mm-hmm. Let's be really clear. That's the only reason those laws passed. It's the only reason you shorten voting hours. You cut polling places. You eliminate Sunday voting. You eliminate early registration. Is you don't want those people voting because if they, those people vote, you're going to lose. Yep. Every fucking one of them is a Republican state, maybe with one exception. So I'm sorry, but until the Republican Party stops being crazy and evil mm-hmm. and starts being just, you know, uh, what they well and cheating their way into office for the sake of scooping up money. I mean, it is corruption. That's what we're talking about. And, and if I may quote Waylon Smithers, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've gone from ordinary villainy to cartoonish super villainy. Mm-hmm. And once they get back to the ordinary villainy, just being of the, ordinarily wrong about stuff, and you can actually yeah. debate them on how wrong they are, then. But they have become cartoonish supervillains, and until they are stopped cold in their tracks, and until we look back on this period of history and go, "Thank God we managed to get out alive." Before those people wreck this country beyond repair, until that day comes, you're never going to see me supporting a Republican for national office, period. While we're on this subject, um, there is a blogger who goes by the name of Capper. All right. And he blogs over at a blog called Cognitive Dissidence, which is a Wisconsin political blog. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's writing for Crooks and Liars now. Ah. From behind the cheddar curtain, he says. Ah. Um, and and he's he's I don't think I'm talking out of school by saying that Crooks and Liars has invited him to write because he has so much to say yeah. about Scott Walker and corruption. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently he can crank out. He can crank out practically a post a day yeah. about and, Scott Walker's latest round of example of corruption. And never repeat himself. Yeah. Or or stupidity. Sometimes yeah. it's just stupidity like the latest post from Capra was from a couple of days ago where he said, Scott Walker said, the minimum wage, quote, doesn't serve a purpose. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay, then. Yeah. It, actually, uh, he's right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't serve his purpose at all. Yeah. Having, But that's a that's a show for, that's a longer show where we've got more energy to talk about labor. But yeah, it, it is so bad that you can write endlessly. They They are just handing out free, look how crazy this guy is stories. And at some point, again, being a sane citizen, you have to stop looking at individual cases of insanity and step back and say, oh, this is a, this is a plague. This is, this is, and this is systemic. Mm-hmm. The problem isn't this governor or this governor or this congressman or this senator. It's the party they belong to and the ideology that they follow and the um, really monstrous people to whom they're beholden yeah, that's for their the power point. and privilege. Yep. And and you have to take down that entire edifice. Mm-hmm. And looking with alarm at one or two of them misses the point that they're just doing what they're paid to do. Exactly. To this country and yeah. sell it for parts. Oh, and by the way, there is one uh, former congressman who is willing to tell you who the other side is uh-huh. from the Club for Growth and so forth. Um, Alan West. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. I can't say his name without laughing, but yeah. Alan West is... Uh, convinced 
uh-huh. that ISIS is using Daily Coast and Media Matters trolling tactics to harass the military. Wow. That's Yeah, there there's he didn't get Benghazi in there. Points off, Alan yeah. West. Yeah, that's a triple. It's a stand-up triple. <laughs> but that's not a solid home run. You gotta touch one more base. You gotta touch one more base and then it's a home run, Alan. Okay. You get your base pay, but not the bonus. Sorry. Well, we did the Internet Kitties already, and I sang the song, Louie, Freddie, and Maneater. Yeah. You can send your Internet Kitty to us at our email address, proleftpodcast at gmail.com, where you can also write to both of us. Feel free to write us. We love hearing from you. I really am going to have a colonoscopy on Monday. Yes. So I might not write back to you right away <laughs> if you write me on Monday. I'll be off of Facebook all day, I promise you. Mm-hmm. Be aware if you write us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service. Go, Postal Unions. Letter on the air unless you say otherwise. And I will be standing guard over you on Monday, making sure you stay off of Facebook. Yeah, you will. You really will. You take very good care of me and you don't get to, yeah, (laughs) you don't get to have anything stuck down your esophagus while I'm in the hospital. Period. Nothing but ice cream for me. So Drift Class, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Well, Blue Gal, the internet kitties say, don't let life's broccoli get you down. Let's think about living. Let's think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the bopping and the loving, loving, dubbing. Let's forget about the whining and the crying, the shooting and the dying and the fellow with the switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. The Professional Left Podcast is recorded under Creative Commons license, copyright 2014. Drift Glass Blue Gal Podcast. We're gonna we're gonna have to save the science fiction university for another day. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Duckface Dermot sent us some wild music. I can't <clears throat> wait to share it with everybody.